Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. God will help me tonight as we begin to st- our, our study. Sometimes I preach on Wednesday, sometimes I teach, and sometimes I preach. It's a little mix. You just never know. But I feel like Wednesdays we go a little deeper. We go a little deeper. And, uh, and it's painful sometimes because God's trying to help us. Uh, look at somebody tonight with great liberty and say, sure enough, he's trying to help you. <laughs> yes. Always feels better when we put it off on somebody else. We're like, yeah, you need this. <laughs> and then we're all thinking of the people that needed to be here. And we hope they're watching. We will send in the link and say, oh, around about the 25-minute mark. That's, <laughs> that's where you want to start. <laughs> I want to I share this thought, control for the soul. Or you could call it soul control. Uh, control for the soul. Who is going to have control of your soul? We've discussed soul many times. But I want to ask again, do you know what your soul is? What is your soul? Now remember, you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. So you are triune. You have a spirit. You, you are a spirit. You have a soul and you're housed in a body. Until you were illuminated in your spirit at conversion, your flesh did all the ruling in your life. Your soul is where your feeler is, your heart, your emotions. It's where you would say things like, I just don't feel like it. My heart's not into it anymore. I used to be in love, and now I fell out of love. Don't shout me down there. It's in that soulish realm that you make decisions. And up until your conversion and your illumination of Christ in you by the Holy Spirit's convicting you to repentance, all your life, because the Bible said we were born into sin, we are sinners by nature because of the fall of the first Adam. And so we are sinners by nature and we were born into sin. So it's not hard for us to sin. How many know it's not hard to sin? Come on now. It's easy to sin. (laughs) It's easy to sin. Our flesh accommodates us. Our soul tells us, you deserve it. Go ahead now. Live your best life. If it makes you feel good. If it makes you happy. But then when we received Christ, we were illuminated at our conversion And now we've got to learn how the spirit man rules the soul and kills the flesh. So that the flesh, even though we live in it, it can't boss us around anymore. And how many know that our flesh is pretty bossy? It likes to boss us. So I ask you, do you know what your soul is? You are a spirit. You have a soul, but you live where? In a body, you are a tripart being. And when we're born again, God comes to live and dwell in our spirit man. And God can't live, listen, he cannot live anywhere that's not clean, 
that's not holy. So he makes everything in our spirit right. Because now we have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are made righteous through him. Not us, not us, because our righteousness is considered filthy rags. But the righteousness of God puts us in right standing with God. Enabling him to live in our spirit man, in a clean man, in a holy, set-apart, sanctified place. And that's why the Bible now calls us saints. Come on. And he calls us holy. And he says that we've been made righteous by Jesus Christ. So it's everything that he puts in our spirit. When Jesus comes in and you receive the spirit of Christ in you, we call that sometimes you'll hear people say the sonship spirit. In other words, Jesus, his spirit comes and moves into you, takes up residence, clean and holy and righteous. And when he comes in, he brings gifts with him. He brings things with him. Now, Paul would reference that in Galatians, and he would say in Galatians 5 and 22 and 23 that we receive the fruit of the Spirit. Now, there's no S on there. There's nine that Paul lists, but they are inclusive. They are not plurality. There are nine fruit of the Spirit. The Bible doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. There's no S on it. He said the fruit of the Spirit. So deep within your spirit, if you are born again, you have love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, meekness, gentleness, humility, and self-control. If you are born again, he brought those gifts and put them down inside of you. And so when we say, I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus, we're talking about the gift that God has given us as a gift that he put into our spirit. When I received Christ and believed on him, he brought into my spirit gifts and put them down in me. And you can even say, I am patient and I have self-control because you do have it even though you may not be using it yet. It's in you if you're born again. And you have it even if you are not using it. This would be a good place to elbow somebody and say, you better listen up to this part. So as a pastor and as a student of the school of the Holy Ghost, because you never graduate from the school of the Holy Ghost. It's the school of lifelong learning. Isn't it interesting? People say they, they just already know everything. If they're making that statement, they know nothing. You are in the school of the Holy Ghost. You are in lifelong learning. Are you here? So as a pastor and a student of this word and a student of in the Holy Ghost, the school of the Holy Ghost, I hope tonight that I can share some things with you that will help us learn how 
to use these gifts that we have as believers so that everyone who in the world who comes in contact with us will see the good things that he has done in us and will want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ also. That is my hope. But if our soul, which is the part between our spirit and our flesh, if the soul is all clogged up with junk and the soul is not brought under the control of the spirit because we got junk in our trunk, we clogged up. Come on, somebody. I'm saying it like you're thinking it. Clogged up and not brought under the control of the Spirit, then we can be a Christian and still have our flesh and our soul controlled by the flesh. You can be a Christian and still act out in the flesh. If you're clogged up in your soul, come on, I'm going to help you something tonight. If you're clogged up in your soul, you can be a Christian and still not be under the control of the Spirit. That's why we are all on a journey. We are becoming. We are changing. We are growing. We are maturing. In fact, at Bethel Family Worship Center, we say we are maturing in Christ and reaching in love because we are learning how to let the soul be controlled by the spirit man. The spirit man tells me what to do. And that's why it's important that we take in the word of God and digest it over and over and over and over in our spirit because we need the word to change our soul. Because you and I know Christians who name the name of Jesus and who love Jesus, but they are unhappy. And their soul is filled with all kinds of junk and clutter. Now listen, we are constantly getting information. Information, information, information all day long. But what we really need is revelation. Because if we can get a revelation, we'll have transformation. God don't want us just to sit in a church every Sunday and every Wednesday and let a pastor or a minister or whoever preach, teach, and give us filled up, filled up more information, more information, but we get no revelation. We'll shout at the right moment. We'll drop the hat and dance. We'll call for an usher so we can run around the church. But we don't have revelation because when you get revelation, it'll change you. The shout you have on Sunday, you can still have on Monday. The shout you have on Tuesday, you can have on Wednesday. You don't have to go to church and get your praise on. It's not a compartmental life. Everywhere you go, you're the same. You have the information of the Lord and a revelation through the Holy Ghost and it brings you into transformation. You are transformed by the renewing of your mind. God wants us to have more than information we've got a boatload of information we've got an internet highway full 
of information, but in the church, not enough transformation where people can still come to church and still go home and be shacked up with somebody they're not married to, be taking drugs, drinking alcohol. You don't want me to preach tonight. You don't want me to preach tonight. But I'm trying to help you understand the world is watching to see, is there a transformation? We got a lot of talky-talky, but not enough walkie-walkie. That's why we find in the book of Psalms and Proverbs phrases like, hear the word, love the word, receive the word, do the word. And that makes our spirit man stronger because we've stopped feeding our flesh. You know what it means to feed your flesh? It means you're giving into your flesh. You have to learn how to stop giving in to your flesh. Our flesh gets weaker and weaker till our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions are now being controlled by the spirit. And we learn how to think right. Mm. And we learn that we don't have to do what we feel. We can now use our free will to obey God's will. I don't always have to do what I feel because I don't live after my flesh anymore. I live after my spirit. That's a good place to say amen. Now go with me to Luke chapter 21, verse 19. I'll be reading tonight from the Amplified and the King James both. I don't always even stress that, but tonight I wrote it down for you. In Luke 21, verse 19, I want you to see this powerful verse of Scripture. The Bible says, By your steadfastness and patient endurance, you shall win the true life of your souls. Now, I want you, if you feel comfortable, highlight or underline patient endurance. When the writer here says that by your steadfastness and patient endurance, whoo, it's going to get heavy in here. Patient endurance, you shall not lose but win the true life of your soul. What does he mean when he mentions endurance? Endurance in this passage literally means to patiently go through things. And so by your steadfast and your patience, willingness to go through things, endurance, I patiently go through something. That I'm able to go through it patiently. In everything in this life, we have a beginning, we have a middle, and we have an ending. We have a beginning. And you know the beginning is where it's easy. Because at the beginning of something, you have your enthusiasm. You start a new job, you showed up, you're all, you got your makeup on, you got your hair did. And even people look at you and say, why you look so good? You ought to be able to say, because that's how I roll. Because I'm not shabby. Come on, somebody. But in the beginning, you have your enthusiasm. You have your vigor. You have your zeal. You're like, bring it on. I'm ready. And the other coworkers don't want you to work too hard because they've been lax for a long time 
And they're afraid that you will come in with your new ambition. Oh, you ain't hearing me. And the workload that you are putting out will make them feel ashamed. Ah, I'm hitting something tonight. In the beginning, you have your strength. You have your enthusiasm. In the middle, though, is where we give up because patience is trying to have its perfect work in us and correct areas in our life that need correcting. And sadly, many never make it out of the middle. And then you have the ending. It's where we've learned the lesson God wanted us to learn and we're better for it. So it's called patient endurance. And can I just share with you that if you will hang on to the end, you will get a reward. Amen? And let's just be honest. It would be difficult uh, if you were know that you were working hard and there was no reward at the end. It's difficult if you're putting all your energy into something and you don't ever have the promise of a reward. Are you here? I mean, who would even want to go to work every day if you knew you weren't even going to get a paycheck because you're working hard for your money. <laughs> you, you're working for your reward. And the good thing about patient endurance is that at the end of it, if you learn what God wanted you to learn, you take home a check. You take home a reward, if you'll allow me to say it like that. God gives out paychecks. And they're not stimulus checks. Come on, somebody. They're not first-of-the-month checks. They're not uh, under-the-counter check. It's not a secret check, but God pays us after patient endurance. I wish I had somebody to amen me right there because sometimes God, when he gives out his paycheck, it's not always in dollars and cents. It's not always change in your pocket. He gives us joy. He gives us peace. He gives us righteousness. He, he takes care of us. We bear more fruit. Come on. He heals our body. We receive a paycheck when we come out with patient endurance. Now, look at this same verse in the King James Version. He said, in your patience, possess ye your souls. So I want to make this statement. We'll either possess our soul or our soul will possess us. We will either possess our soul in your patience, do what? Possess what? Your soul. That's the middle part of you. You will either possess your soul or your soul will possess you. I know some people possessed. This is why we need teaching about your emotions and your soul. Now, I didn't grow up with teaching like this. They didn't teach about your emotions. We, we skirted around that because we thought the Holy Ghost would take care of everything. And yes, the Holy Ghost can take care of everything. But I also believe you need revelation to bring transformation. You need a touch of God, but that's why we need teachers in the kingdom who will help us to learn how to overcome our emotions and all of the stuff that our family put on us. 
and all of the stuff society put on us. So we need teaching on emotions and we need teaching on uh, our soul. And when I was growing up, they didn't talk about emotions and things like that. We, we, all we heard was a doctrine and, and, and fundamentals. And, and there's nothing wrong with that because we need fundamentals and we need good doctrine. Are you here? But we also need teaching about our emotions and our soul. Because if we don't manage it, if we don't manage it, come on somebody. If we don't manage it and don't learn how to possess our soul... Then, then, then we're not going to be able to function in this life and have this everlasting life that Jesus wants us to have while we live here on planet Earth. We have to learn how to possess our soul. And to possess your soul is, means you just learn how to manage your soul. So you're already in management. But if you don't manage your soul, then your unrenewed mind and emotions are going to run you crazy. They're going to run your life from marriage to marriage, from job to job, from church to church. You're helping me here. And I will not be happy unless I get every single thing I want. My mind, my will, and emotions, they are ruling me instead of me ruling them. If you don't learn how to possess your soul, your soul will possess you. And you will live on an emotional roller coaster. And people who are just even killed and have a sense of knowledge and a sense of, of smarts, and have a discernment of the Holy Ghost, when they see things that you post, they already know. Woo, there's a whole lot going on right there. You may be here tonight, and maybe you're listening, and you're in this condition right now, and I can just tell you, I already know you are not a very happy person. Let's go out in here. Write this down. Impatience is in our flesh, but patience is in our spirit. What did Jesus give you? He gave you the fruit of the spirit, and patience is in there. So impatience is in my flesh, but patience is where? In my spirit. And I want to share some important Bible verses tonight. I hope you brought your Bible and your journal. In Luke chapter 8, verse 15, the Bible says this, But as for that seed in the good soil, these are the people who, hearing the word, hold it fast in a just, noble, virtuous, and worthy heart, and steadily bring forth fruit with patience. Notice what he says. They steadily bring forth fruit with what? With patience. So what does steadily bring forth fruit with patience mean? It means this. Keep it up, 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 keep it up. 
Day after day, day after day, day after day, day after day, week after week, after week, after week, after week, year after year, after year, after year. Keep it up, 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 keep it up. Steadily bring forth fruit with patience. Tell your neighbor, keep it up. So he tells me to steadily bring forth fruit with patience. Now, Hebrews chapter 11 is the Faith Hall of Fame. I'm teaching tonight. And I love this chapter. It's about the great things that people have done by faith. The Hall of Faith. I love it. It's the Faith Hall of Fame. And you should read it. Just don't read it all while I'm preaching tonight. It's a tremendous chapter that will encourage you. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So in other words, I have faith until I have my manifestation. Faith until I see my manifestation. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. And so I have faith to keep it up and believe until I see the manifestation. And I can keep it in my heart for a long time before I ever see it with my eyes. It can be in my heart by faith for a long time before I ever see it with my eyes. Do you know that's how I feel? That's how I feel about even eternity. God has planted eternity in our heart. I haven't been there yet, but I know in my heart I will see him. And I will live with him in eternity. And I'm not the only one. There are many people who believe it so strongly they will give their life for it and many will even die for it. Because he planted eternity in my heart. I haven't seen it, but by faith I know it. We can have faith in God, but he wants us to learn how to live by faith. Are you here? He wants me to learn how to live by faith in every single area of my life. Now, it's taken me a lot of years to discover some of the things that I'm going to share with you. I have always had faith in Jesus. I just had it. I had faith to believe in Jesus. Faith to attach my things and thoughts to him. But I didn't know if things would change in my life. I mean, I had faith in Jesus, but I didn't know if I could even get certain things to change in my life. I struggled to trust God and take him at his word. Doesn't mean I didn't believe in him. I have faith to believe in Jesus. I just didn't know how to live by faith. And there are many people who go to church every week and they believe in Jesus, but their believing is off 
in every other area of their life. So the reality is you can believe in Jesus but not have victory in areas of your life. Because of our past, our upbringing, our hurts, our pain, we can love Jesus, but because of what we've been through, we think that we will always be a second-rate citizen. Because of what we've been through, we think we will never, ever measure up. We think we'll never, ever be good enough to fit with certain people. But this is a lie from the pit of hell. It is a lie that Satan has told you. God wants you to know the truth tonight. Stop believing the lie of the devil. When Beverly and I moved to Indiana and left Ohio to come here, it was by faith. It's by faith that we are here in Indianapolis. It's by faith that God has blessed this church. It is by faith that we've seen thousands of people one to Christ in the last 22 years. It is by faith that we are even standing here. But today, many people don't want to live by faith. People today want to live by assurance. Are you here? We want to know if we're going to have job security. We want to know if we're going to have a retirement. We want to know if we're going to live till retirement. We want to know if we're going to live long enough to enjoy our, our retirement. But how many of you know that in this day that we're living in right now, you are not always going to be given an assurance. You're not always going to be given a guarantee in the world we are living in right now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Our security has got to be in God. It is in God we trust. It's not the Republicans we trust. It's not the Democrats we trust. It is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's who we trust. My hope doesn't come from Washington. My hope doesn't come from California, Hollywood. My hope doesn't come from the billionaires and the millionaires on this planet. My hope comes from Jesus Christ. He is my blessed hope. Stop believing the lie of the devil and saying, I have to have an assurance or a guarantee. It is a faith wall. Three times the Bible said the just shall live by faith. It is a faith wall. You are not always going to be given an assurance. And this is why we have to be led by the Spirit. Don't let anybody make you feel stupid because you choose to be led by the Spirit. Because you can live after the natural and if you live up after the, only live up after the natural, you're going to end up doing little pitiful things all of your life. But you can live by faith and do the impossible things because God will prove himself strong in your life. Yes, he will. If you're discouraged, listen, if you're discouraged, you need to read Hebrews chapter 11. When I read in Hebrews chapter 11, you, you know what I find over there in Hebrews chapter 11? I find that Noah built an ark there for the saving of his family by faith. 
I find that by faith Sarah had a child when she was nearly 100 years old. She had a child when she was nearly 100 years old. She was no longer having hot flashes. Come on, somebody. She had moved beyond all that. Are you with me? By faith, Sarah had a child at nearly 100 years old. By faith, Abraham offered his son a sacrifice, believing that God would provide. By faith, Isaac looked into the future and blessed Jacob. By faith, Joseph did great things. By faith, Moses did great things. And, and, and there are so many things in Hebrews 11. By the time you get to the end of the chapter, it says there were so, so many things done, there's not enough room to write it all in the book. You talk about a faith builder. If you get discouraged, read Hebrews chapter 11. But that brings us to Hebrews 12 and 1. That's why I brought up chapter 11. Look at Hebrews 12 and 1. Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and the sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to us and entangles, and let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. And when I was reading this verse, especially out of this amplified version, I thought, oh, this is a violent verse. This is a violent verse. This is not us saying to God, well, Lord, I just wish you would help me just to make it go away. No, this is a violent verse. Strip off. Throw aside. <laughs> Run. This is a violent verse. Exclamation verse. He said patience and endurance. Run the race that is set before us. I love what Paul says even at the end of his life. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. Is there anyone here tonight that wants that kind of life? I fought a good fight. I finished my race more than anything in this life. I'm gonna finish what God has called me to do. And hell and every ex and every hater and every satanic demon cannot stop me from fulfilling the assignment that is on my leg. I intend to run with patient endurance. Woo! Sometimes you got to get violent. This wimpy, whiny, spineless... Hebrews chapter 10. Are you ready for more word? Look at verse 36. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance. So that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive. 
and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. I told you there was a paycheck. I told you there was a reward. If the Lord helped me next week, I'll give you more. But notice the payoff. You will receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. When? When you have mastered steadfast patience and endurance. Psalm 37, verse 7. I love all you word people. Be still and rest in the Lord. Wait for him and patiently lean yourself upon him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Let me ask you, what is patience? It means to wait. But it also means much more than to wait. How many know that we're always waiting for something? We're standing in lines for everything. We're waiting more than we're receiving. And when we finally get what we want, we start waiting for the next thing. We're always waiting. Can't wait till my vacation gets here. Can't wait till the pandemic's over. Can't wait till I go to Ruth's Chris. (laughs) Can't wait. We got all kinds of stuff on our waiting list. We spend more time waiting than we do receiving. And we're told in this verse to wait patiently. It's more than waiting. It's the attitude while you wait. It's the attitude. It's waiting with an expectancy. Waiting with an expectation. Something good is going to happen. Victory shall be mine. Deliverance shall be mine. Breakthrough shall be mine. Healing shall be mine. Come on. Laughter shall be mine. Joy shall be mine. Financial increase shall be mine. I'm waiting with an expectation. Something good is coming my way. Something good is about to happen. I waited patiently. I'm looking and I'm longing for God to show up at any minute in my life. I'm not going to let myself have an attitude while I wait. I'm not going to lay out of church while I wait. I'm not going to get sideways with my leaders, my boss, my spouse, my pastor while I wait. I'm going to wait with great expectation. It's not just waiting. It's waiting with the right attitude. You will delay the promise coming to your life if you keep carrying that stinking attitude. You can tell when people are down in the mouth. How about on people on Facebook put these, I'm sad. Don't ask questions. I'm sad. Well, why'd you put it on there? You wanted me to ask. 
Now, go to James chapter 5, verse 7. So be patient, brethren, as you wait. He didn't say be patient, not if you wait, but as you wait. Till the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits expectantly for the precious harvest from the land. See how he keeps up his patient vigil over it until he receives the early and latter rain. What does the Bible say he keeps up? No. He keeps up his patient vigil. Vigil? When's the last time you used the word vigil? He keeps up what? His vigil. Patient vigil. We all have a vigil. We have to keep up. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got a vigil. You got a vigil. You got to keep up. What is our vigil? I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep confessing the word and expecting God. I'm going to keep studying the scriptures and letting God bring rivers to my soul. I'm going to keep staying in church. Everybody may fall out, but I'm staying in. I'm going to keep tithing. I'm going to keep giving. I've got a vigil. I'm going to keep working the ministry. I'm going to keep showing up early, leaving late. I'm going to keep on running the race for God. I'm going to keep being a blessing every Everywhere I go, I got a vigil to keep up. I'm going to keep on trusting God. And the Bible said that the farmer waits with a patient vigil. You have a vigil. Come on, slap somebody and tell them, you got a vigil. You got the vigil to keep up. You can't afford to be lazy. You can't afford to be uh, uh, trifling. You can't afford uh, to be laying out. You can't afford any of that. You got to come by faith and stay. I've got a vigil. I'm going to keep working for God. And, and listen. You may be here tonight and you say, well, I don't have time for that. Let me ask you, what else do you got to do? You haven't got anything better to do. Look where you came from. I come from something. I rest assured I'm not going back to what I came from. I have a vigil to keep up. Gonna stand to your feet all over this house. We're gonna stop right here, pick up again next week. Tell somebody I got to have control for the soul. <laughs> oh my, my, my. When God begins to speak to us and change us and give us clarity, information becomes revelation that becomes transformation. And I began to understand with patient endurance, God begins to change me. It's not what I'm waiting for. It's how I'm waiting for what I'm waiting for. It's the expectation. Now, listen. If you're a new Christian, don't pray and ask God to give you patience. Are you here? The mature people in the room know You're not on that level yet. Don't ask for patience because you know what will come. And mature people know what I'm talking about. You know what will come. Trouble. Are you here? 
Don't, unless the Lord tells you to, don't pray for humility. Because he will humble you. Am I making myself clear? When you're a new Christian, you know, you just, you just, you just, you hear other people say stuff and you're like, yeah, I won't do that too. That, that, that's me. That, that, that. Hold up now. That's why you need some teaching. Amen. Now, for, for if you've been living for God for a good while and you have learned how to master your soul, that you're not fickle like a pickle. You're not all the time in and out, up and down, mood swings. You got more mood swings than Moody Bible Institute. We don't know when you show up if you're going to be Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm preaching now. Always up. Roller coaster yo-yo Christians. Up one week, down the next. Even Jesus couldn't pastor them. Come on, it's, it's, this feels really Holy Ghost right here. And, but when you have come to a place of patient endurance in your life and God has changed you and you look over to your soul and say, I don't live by feeling, I live by faith. Get your stuff together. Get your stuff together right now. Boy. <laughs> Strip off. Cast away. And then that soul said, I guess you mean business this time. Well, yes, I mean business. What you, you think I'm playing? And your flesh is over here saying, let me know when y'all done. I don't know where I'm supposed to be right now. And the soul says, he means business this time. We're going to have to line it up. Get dressed. Let's go to church. We're going to try to watch online, but we're going to have to be there now. Hold up, let me tell Sister Sheets and Brother Pillow. They've become, you know, they're, they're so faithful. And your spirit man begins to move in a direction where it is now leading. This is what I want our church to come to, where we're not just hit or miss, up and down. People have to scratch their heads and wonder about us. And you say, well, Pastor, they shouldn't be watching us. Listen, the Bible says you shall know a tree by the fruit it bears. I'm not talking about sickness. I'm not talking about people who are going through something. I'm just talking about some people who are not happy because their soul has not been sanctified. Their soul bosses them around. They're fickle. They're up and down. They're moody. Uh, maybe, uh, I don't know. I just, I can't sign up for it because I don't know if it's worthy for me to sign up for it. I'll have to let you know, player. I'll have to let you know. But the spirit man is like, no, this is, this. it's all or nothing right here. I'm running the race. When they used to get up in the old church and say, pray for me as it goes well with your soul. Pray that I'll run on and see what the end has in store. They were made up their mind. Learn how to live out of the spirit part of you. Father, we just ask tonight that you help us. Holy Ghost, help us. Help us to maintain our vigil.
with great expectancy, with patient endurance. Help me to live by faith till my manifestation comes. Oh God, help Bethel Family Worship Center. Lord, it's been a hard word tonight. Been a in our face, down to our toes kind of word. But God, don't ever stop dealing with me. God, thank you for dealing with me. Help me, Lord. Help me. Even help my unbelief. Help areas in my life where I got compartments and categories and I got places where I, I mean, I love you, Jesus, and I believe in you, Jesus, but I'm struggling in these areas. So help me, Lord, with this patient endurance now. Now listen, as your heads are bowed for a moment, I I kind of jested a little bit and said, don't pray for patience. And, And honestly, I'm still saying don't pray for it because God knows how to give you what you have need of. And uh, he will. But there will come a season in your life when you've learned to master your soul that you will know when God is taking you through trials. And you will know when God is exercising his endurance in you. You will know when God is stretching you. Hallelujah. Was it David who said, in my distress, you enlarged me? In other words... You got in me and stretched me so to the point that I didn't know if I could be stretched anymore. But in all of that, God, you enlarged me. God, I thank you for the enlargement. I thank you for the revelation. I thank you, God, that you help me even in a pandemic not to be moody. Help me, Lord, with all the stuff that's going on in this world to possess my soul and not let my soul possess me. Father, help us as a congregation to grow. God, in this next chapter that's coming, Lord, as we're getting closer and closer, Lord, to bringing us in through deliverance of all the things we've gone through, even this past year, oh God, help me, help me, Lord, to hold on and not to give up. Help me not to backslide and and find my way to being funky and fickle and all, all kinds of stuff and all kinds of clutter in my soul. God, help me to hold on with patient endurance, Lord, with a great expectation till my manifestation comes. And those that are discouraged, encourage them now, Lord. Those that are hurting, Lord, bring help and comfort. Those that are struggling in their mind and fear has vexed them. In Jesus' name, perfect love cast out all fear. And I command fear to go. And I command anxiety to go. And I command every every attack of the mind to go. In Jesus' name, it shall not possess me. It shall not control me. It will not hinder me. In Jesus' name, I will mount up on wings of eagles where I will run and not be weary. I will walk and I will not faint. I will hold the line and I will hold fast to you Jesus so help us as a church as your hands are raised unto the Lord as they sing this song I want you just to worship him right here and thank God talk to him talk to him tell him everything you want to tell him as they sing Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center.